It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the UFC guru, UFC expert, got Mean Gene in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at MeanGene0022. And you guys can always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go, UFC 275. Myself and Gene, we're going to go ahead. We're going to break down the main card. Gene, let's go ahead and let's jump right into this one. I am a little bit tight on time tonight, uh, but we're going to go ahead and go through the main card and give everybody uh, winning bets once again. Let's start it out with the first fight of the night. We got Jack Della Madalena. He's going to go up against Ramazan Amiv. Current line in this one right now, Jack Melabadana, uh, right around a minus 160 favorite. How are you feeling about this fight? Yeah, so it was an interesting matchup in the welterweight division. Amiv is a grinding grappler, so his game's just predicated on pressuring his opponents, getting them down to the ground, and in, in controlling them and Madalena on the other end is the total opposite. The guy is a high volume boxer striker. He's looking to outpace his opponents. He has kind of like a, a Nate Diaz, um, Nick Diaz type of striking game. I would even say like a Colby Covington as well, where he, he throws a ton of volume at like 40, 50%. And then he looks to land like 70 to 80% when, when he's worn on you with those strikes. So um, this fight, it's it's a stylistic matchup fight. You're, you're, you're grappler versus, versus striker. The key here is can Madalena stay on the feet? You know, even if he's taken down, he's a good scrambler. Amiv has trouble holding guys down sometimes. He he loses scrambling exchanges on the ground, which is kind of weird given the fact that he's a grinding grappler. Uh, you would think that he would be better at, at, at controlling these guys, but he, he's shown in the past that he just he does have trouble with that. So as long as Madalena is able to get back up, stop some of those takedowns, I think he lights him up on the feet with his pressure and and and, and his high high volume, his high output. So for me, I'm I'm actually gonna go with Jack here. It sucks that the lines gone up so so quickly this was more of a pick em earlier in the week and it just quickly all the money's coming on Madalena. so not only breaking this down by looking at the tape and stylistically am i picking Madalena, but i feel good with that pick as well with the money coming in on him as well so uh, the pick is jack here yeah that's concerning the fact that that line that line went from being somewhere around the pick em all the way up to minus 160 i see right now on fanduel uh, it's up to minus 166 on Madalena. That usually tells you that there's something that somebody knows when you see a move that drastic. If it's 10, 15, 20 cents, okay, fine. That might be normal betting. But when you see something that moves around 40, generally sometimes even 30 cents, um, there, there's maybe it's sharp money. But when you see like the 40, the 50, the 60 cent moves, generally that's an information-based move. So the fact that you like Madalena here, I have no problem with that. And not only is the line supporting that, but there could be some information here that's come in that has a lot of people backing him. That is a pretty big move. Now, when I was breaking this one down, Gene, one thing I noticed about Ameev, that guy always goes to a decision. I believe he's gone to a decision. Uh, maybe it's like 10 fights in a row. So I wonder if he can at least hang in there. The fact that he's the grappler, you know, can he go ahead and drag this one out to a decision? So I went and I looked at fight to go the distance. Right now it's around minus 165. He has more experience, Amiv, than Madalena. So I wonder if Madalena uh, is going to go in there and try to get this over early, if he's going to try to you know, kind of feel this out. Because he only has a couple fights under his belt. He was in the Dana White Contender Series, you know, going back to, into like 2021. That was the, like the one decision that he had, I guess, you know, technically in the UFC. 
I think there's a chance this goes the distance, but the fact that the line has moved so much in favor of Madalena, who is your striker, that would put a little concern maybe that this doesn't go the distance. Maybe he ends the night early uh, for Amiv. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at that. Maybe I'll consider uh, this one to go the distance because I think, you know, breaking these guys down with all these fights in front of me, a lot of decisions there on the ledger. Uh, so with all that said there, Gene, I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you're going to have a situation where this does go to the judges' scorecard, and it's what do the judges – what are they going to score more? Are they going to actually score the the more impactful shots, the damage, which is typically what they've been doing, um, and I'm very happy that they are doing that. Before it was like control time. You get guys that would just lay on, on their opponent and win a round and not do any damage, and the other guy would – even in that round where the guy's controlling him. Perfect example real quick. I know we got to go quick. Is the Holly Holm, uh, Caitlin Vieira fight from uh, two weeks ago. Perfect example. Like, you know, Caitlin was landing the more impactful shots. Holly Holm was, had more control time. The judges gave it to Caitlin Vieira. I, I'm with that decision. I mean, that's, that's, t- that's technically how these fights should be judged. It's on damage. And, um, you know, I think here you're going to uh, wind up in the same situation. Um, you're seeing judges kind of move towards that damage instead of the control. So if if, if that trend continues, then I believe Madalena will end up winning this fight. But, it, you know, it might be a split decision. You might be sweating this one out uh, with wh- whichever fighter you take because I do think it goes to the judges' scorecards. And it's just like, hey, which one are they going to um, – which one are they going to lean to, towards more? Is it going to be the damage or the control time? Because Ameev's definitely going to have uh, moments in this fight where he controls Madalena. So um, it, you, you're going to sweat this one out. I'm glad you brought that up with the Vera and, and Holm. I watched that fight and I thought the same exact thing. And I'm not 100% sure, but I did see, I think it was Joe Rogan was actually talking about that. Actually, I think he was talking about that with Al Jermaine on his podcast recently where he said, you know, you have these people who are tying you up and they're just holding you and laying on you. And it's like, well, yeah, there's control time there. And I get that. Like, you should get some type of points for control time. But then you should also get points if you're doing damage. Like, that. that's how you can, I would say that that's how you can secure yourself like a 10-8 type of round. Like, if you control this guy through the entire round and you're not just laying on him, but now you're putting damage on him, well, then there becomes the, you know, there becomes your, your 10-8 round. But if you're just, you know, constantly holding on to somebody, there's no way you could ever go 10-8, even in a round where the other guy may, maybe or may not, you know, land a strike. Like, you have to do something, you know, when you get in that position and, and you're in full control. And I don't think Holly did that uh, in that fight at all the last time out. So that'll be an interesting fight. Let's go on and move up the card here. This is going to be a brawl. I mean, if anything tells us uh, what Zhang Weili and Joanna Jajacek can do, after the last time these two fought, um, this this could be fight of the night easily. We know that. Uh, Zhang Weili right now is going to be around minus 165. I'm curious what you think about this one there, Gene. Zhang Weili has lost two in a row against Rose. Um, I don't think there's any there's any shame in that. Uh, we were I think we were both on the opposite sides. I think we both thought Zhang Weili would end up beating Rose. Uh, not to be the case, but Joanna... You know, she's been off for a while. You know, she hasn't been in the ring since she saw Zhang Weili after the, I don't, I like, I'll just say the beating that she took. She she walked out of the ring and didn't even look like herself. So she's been off for a while, but she's been uh, highly motivated to get back in the ring here. So this is going to be a good one. Only three rounds, Gene. I feel like we're getting robbed already in this fight. But if the three if the three rounds in this one live up to 
anywhere near the last fight, this is going to be one hell of a fight. So I'm curious what you think about this one. Yeah, their first fight is going in the UFC Hall of Fame for sure. It's one of the greatest UFC fights of all time. And, um, you know, this this fight, I expect nothing less, to be honest with you. Like you said, we're only getting three rounds instead of five. It's unfortunate. But I still think these these women match up really well. I think it will still be an entertaining and spectacular fight. So we'll see if we get another classic. But in the sense of uh, round two and, and, and what they've been up to since round one, you know, Zhang Wei Li, like you said, she fought two times against Rose, lost her title. Um, no shame in that, like you said. Rose is tough, former champion now because she actually just um, lost uh, last pay-per-view UFC 274. But Zhang Wei Li in the first fight got that flash knockout head kick, came back in the second fight, and had a super close fight. She, it was 2-2 going into the fifth round, and that takedown by Rose is what sealed sealed that that fight and, and why Zhang Wei Li lost. So it's not like she's getting blown out or anything like that. And then on the other end, young Jacek, she took the two years off. You know, you go back and watch that fight. She had that big hematoma. They went to war. Um, I do think it was – I do think her taking off the two years was a help. You know, Zhang Wei Li, you wonder. You know, she jumped quickly into the title fight with, with Rose to defend it, and then she lost and had that quick rematch. So you wonder if it would have been better for her to take some time off after that war with young Jacek. Um, young Jacek took that time off, trained, healed up, and she seems to be motivated. Uh, I've, I've watched a couple of her interviews and I, the interviews, listen, you know, don't get too caught up in, in what these fighters and their coaches say, but the, sometimes you can pull some things from it. And, and the one thing I got from her is she's truly motivated. I think part of that reason she's motivated, she didn't say this, but just the layout of the division. Now, now that Carlos Sparza beat Rose, Dana White said, now he things always change with Dana White. You can't always take him at his word. But Dana White had said, whoever wins this fight is going to fight Carlos Sparza for the title. Young Jacek already destroyed Carlos Sparza, like put on a clinic against her. And I think she realizes, like, if I go out here, it's just a three-round fight. In their first fight, it was five rounds. But if it stopped after the third round, Young Jacek would have won on the score on the judge's scorecard. So I think she sees like, hey, this is a winnable fight for me. Tweak a couple things. If I beat uh, Wei Lee here, I'm gonna have another title shot, which I didn't even think I was gonna get. You know, she fought Rose two times for the title and lost both times. At that point, you're done. You know, most of the time, you, you never get that third shot. And so because of the way the division is. Um, um, worked out now she has that chance to get back to a title so I think she's super motivated these women the first fight was super close again it was a split decision so it goes to show you some judges had it you know one judge at least had it for young Jacek and breaking it down I just think quickly I just think young Jacek she 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 has more volume she's gonna throw more punches she's gonna land more than uh Whaley Whaley has the bigger power but the issue with Wei Li is is she doesn't defend the left side at all. And that's how she got she got head kicked by Rose. Rose utilized that in the second fight as well. And I think it, if she doesn't clear up that hole, she's losing this fight again. I think Young Jacek took the two years. She sees that. Other impo- opponents see it. I see it watching the tape. You, you can land on her with that check left hook. So I think Young Jacek's just going to out-volume her is what I think. It's going to be a close fight. 
I know she, uh, Whaley's got the more power. She's a little bit better of a grappler. But even in that Rose fight with Whaley, when she got taken down, she got controlled. She did not look good defensively on the ground. She could not get up. And, and Jacek has decent grappling herself, even though she's primarily a striker. So um, long-winded, I just I think the value is on young Jacek. There's no way in such a in such a um, close matchup like this that I can take Whaley Zhang at minus 165. You know, I took her in the first fight. The line was totally different at that point in time. But right here at, at um, 145, I think this is pretty much a pick em fight. And so, again, the, volume's, the value is on Young Jacek, and I'm going to take her here. I think she gets her raised, and uh, I think she'll be fighting Carlos Sparza for the, for the title next. Oh, I'm with you 100%. I think the, the price is wrong. Let's go back to a couple fights with Zhang Weili. You and I went ahead. We backed her against Rose, and she was just as big as a favorite as she is now. And to me, it just it doesn't make any sense, especially the way that these two fought. Here's my concern for Zhang Weili. Does she know how to lose? She was on, what, a 21-fight win streak until she went head-to-head against Rose, lost the first one, lost the second one. I don't have that problem with Joanna. Joanna's lost before. And she's bounced back with wins out of like her, I want to say like her last three losses. She's returned right back to, you know, going going out there and getting a win. So she understands how to lose and she understands how to how to win, you know, after that and, and kind of recuperate and readjust. She's the more technical fighter. As you mentioned, Zhang Li has an issue with her left side. I don't think Joanna wants to get into this phone booth fight again because that's not going to benefit her in any way. She is the more technical fighter. And I think she could take off all that time and go, you know, I'm the more technical fighter. I could pick my places. I can pick my spots. I know I can get into a phone booth fight with this girl if I need to, but I don't need to. And I think that her just being the more technical fighter, understanding how to deal with the loss, having more time off, and Zhang Weili with back-to-back losses after a 21-fight win streak, I don't know if she knows how to lose. And I don't know if she can make the necessary adjustments uh, to go ahead and, and beat Joanna because you know Joanna probably felt like like she won the fight the last time because I think it was pretty damn close there, Gene. But I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna take the more technical fighter, um, you know, off of off of that particular loss. I think she rebounds here, so I'm gonna take the the plus one thirty five with Joanna. I feel pretty strong uh, about that. Another female fight coming up here. We have the co-main event here, Gene. Uh, this is my girl Valentina Shevchenko uh, going up against Talia Santos. Shevchenko, monster favorite again, Gene. I mean, this is just something that you have to get used to when Valentina uh, is going ahead and fighting. Uh, I look more to, I, I look more forward, Gene, to watching her than than betting her, to be honest with you, just because she's uh, she's the full package. But she's going to be around minus 650. Uh, there are some minus 700s out there on her. I don't know how you get to Santos in this one. I mean, you, you're going to have to bet Valentina. Every time she fights until we just find out that there's a, a, a real bruiser that's coming in there that has a chance to beat her. So I don't know, man. It would be Shevchenko for me in some type of a parlay uh, by knockout. Uh, maybe even you can you can go through and, and you can bet some props or something like that to get some decent payouts. But I don't see Valentina losing, dude. She's just too damn good. So there's no way you can get me on Santos. So uh, Valentina for me, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, this is pretty – this is pretty simple. It's Valentina all day. Um, you know, she's making a case, a real case to be the greatest female fighter of all time, or MMA fighter of all time. 
I understand Amanda Nunes is there too. I think she currently is Amanda Nunes, but um, you know she's making the case. Her um, her dominance over this division is historic. Tyler Santos, you know she she she's good. You know she's only has one loss. Uh, that that that. One loss came in the UFC. It was her first bout. And since then, she's won four straight. And she has not lost a single round in those fights. So she, she's looked pretty dominant as well. But, you know, against Shevchenko, she's well-rounded. We we already know she's she's an amazing striker, striker technical striker. Tala Santos has big power in her hands, but she's primarily a grappler. So she's going to want to look to get in close, clinch up with Shevchenko. And, and <laughs> Shevchenko's so good in the clinch, man. I mean... She has ridiculous knees, elbows in the clinch, amazing trips, and she trips you and gets you down to the ground. She's not just going to smother you. She's going to land ground and pound. She's going to look for a submission. I mean, this this woman is amazing. I mean, she's pound for pound, female, male. She's in the top five. I mean, top three, whatever. Um, she's incredible. And, and so, like you said, it's tough betting on her. You love watching her, but you can't bet on her because all of her lines are like minus one thousand. This one's minus like six, um, six to seven hundred. But yeah, the way they attack this, and I already attacked this, and um, it's Valentina to win by by finish. So by TKO, KO, or, or submission, or a DQ, which the DQ is obviously just rare. But um, yeah, my I envision her. Like I said, I envision Santos. Trying to get in close, you know, she's going to throw those big, heavy, looping punches. And then she's going to try to grapple with Shevchenko. Shevchenko's strong in the clinch. I see her tripping her, getting her down to the ground, trying to get her into a a crucifix where she traps that arm and just lands vicious elbows like she did in her, um, I believe it was the last fight of the one before that. Um, Some stats on this, too, why why I like this bet as well, is um, Shevchenko's won three of her last four fights via finish. And five of eight, five of eight fights since she moved back to flyweight, took over the title. Uh, she's had eight fights. She's finished five of them, and she's had two straight finishes coming into this fight. So this would be the third uh, finish in a row for Shevchenko. I just think Shevchenko's on another level. She's going to put on the clinic, and I, I think she, you know, at this point in her career, yeah, you can have these easy wins, like you know, just get through and get the victory. But you're seeing that she doesn't want to do that. You know, she's not only dominating these opponents, but she's finishing them. And I think that, I think, I think she wants to do that. I think she actively looks to finish her opponents instead of just squeaking out victories. So I got Valentina here. I got her by finish. And I found that at the time it was yesterday. I I can try to look now, but uh, it was DraftKings. It was plus plus one thirty. I was surprised that I was getting plus money on, on, on the finish. So, um, yeah, I got Valentina plus uh, plus one thirty finish this fight via um, TKO sub. Yeah, it's just tough to go ahead and bet against her, so I'm I'm not going to do that, Gene. With that said, let's go ahead. Let's move on to our main event. We have Glover Teixeira against Jiri Bochchaska. Uh, Teixeira is going to be an underdog here. You know, guy wins a title, going to be an underdog. Bochchaska is going to be minus two hundred. Not sure what you think about this one, Gene. I think it's a little pricey to be honest with you to go ahead and bet on the challenger here. So I'll let you run on this one first. What are you thinking? Yeah, the line is, to me, the line is ridiculous, um, but I'll get to that at the end. Um, the line, yeah, the line's ridiculous. Um, Glover Teixeira, you know, a late career resurgence, and it culminated in an unprecedented UFC title at the age of 42, which is the oldest age 
for a first time UFC champion. It's it was awesome to see him get get the title. He was a beast in Brazil. He had visa issues. He he could not get over to the UFC. He should have been in the UFC way before um, when he actually got in. And it was just unfortunate we didn't see him earlier. So and he had a nice run. He he fought for a title against John Jones, lost, and then he, you know, after they just kind of had ups and downs, and it was crazy how it's crazy at his age the run that he's gone on. So I'm happy that he got the title. The guy is ridiculous with the grappling and the submissions. I mean, if he gets you down to the ground, it's not automatic that he's going to sub you, but it's it's pretty close. And, you know, he's going up against Prochaska. Prochaska's won 12 straight. He was a former rising uh, light heavyweight champion in his own right. So the guy's credentialed. And he came. he's coming to the UFC guns blazing, knocking everyone out. I think he's only had two fights in the UFC. Um so you're, you know, it's crazy. It just shows you his talent. He's only had two fights and he's already fighting for a title. The guy's that good. Um, but again, it's a stylistic, you know, your classic striker versus grappler matchup here. So, you know, you got Prochaska. He's, he has a very unique striking style in and out. He keeps his hands down and he just uses head movement to, to try to avoid punches which leads to him actually getting hit a lot, and he does get rocked in a lot of his fights. He has a pretty solid chin, even though he's getting rocked. He's able to withstand the damage, but uh, it's it's not a recipe for success long term. But he's very hard to corral, um, given his his unique fight style. And then you got Glover on the other end. He's still got big power in his hands. He's more of a technical boxer, but at his old age, he really doesn't throw a lot of combinations. And he just looks to get in on you and, and take you to the ground and lock up a submission. So for me, this is one. This was very hard to call, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I'm going to end up going with with Prochaska. I just think here with Prochaska. Let me say another thing. I think he's had like 28 fights, and he's finished 23 of those 28 fights. Uh, he has 11. He has 10 straight finishes. He's won 10 straight. Like I say, he's he's won 12 straight fights. 10 of those have been by finishes and 10 in a row. So if he finishes Glover here, it'd be 11 in a row. I mean, the guy's a finisher. He's amazing to watch. And so if he can get Glover out of there in the first or second round, you know, Glover has had a questionable chin as well. He's been rocked in his last five fights, even though he's winning these fights, he's legit getting rocked where you're like, how is he still in these fights? But somehow he, he, he goes to that grappling where he'll, he'll just lock up on your, on your leg. You're trying to knock him out with uppercuts and, and he's just holding onto your leg until you get tired. And then he just drags you to the ground. So he, he's definitely, he definitely can be knocked out. I think Prochaska is the guy to do it, but at the same time, Prochaska gets taken down in all of his fights and he does a good job of getting up. But you know, when you try to get up with Glover, he's going to jump on your back and, and try to lock up a submission. So for me, straight pick, I got Prochaska here. I think in the end, I think he's going to test uh, to share his chin early and often, avoid a lot of these takedowns and and finish him in the first or second round. I think he knocks him out. But you know, at, at minus two hundred, I there's absolutely no way I'm taking him because, like I said, Prochaska has those issues with getting taken down, and Glover has a clear path to locking up that submission. So, with with a fight like this, it just has too much variance for me. So I'm going to personally stay away, which is frustrating. I really want to get in you know i really want to bet this fight because both of them have clear pass like super clear pass so what i would suggest 
to the listeners, if you're going to bet this fight, if you have a feeling, if you're more confident than I am in that sense, then you're going to take Prochaska by um, knockout for sure. I think that's like minus 130 or something on DraftKings instead of minus 200. He's not going to win a decision. You know, he's going to he's going to finish Glover. So that's the way you go with him. If you want to share a bet him as a dog plus 170, great value. And then also sprinkle a little bit on him to win by submission to sweeten the pot because that's going to be his method um, to victory. Can I see him knocking out um, Prochaska? Yes, I could, but it's more likely that he ends up getting a submission. So personally, I got Prochaska's straight pick. I do think he knocks out Glover, but I'm I'm going to stay away at this at this price. Uh, you know, it's tough. I, I've I've won some money on on uh, Teixeira recently uh, because the lines have been so high. But um, this is one fight. It's just it's tough for me to, to back him here confidently. So I'm going to stay away. You know, you're kind of in the same boat as as I am here, Gene. As I was sitting here looking at the fight, I'm like, it's tough to pick against Glover. But this dude is on such a knockout streak. You know, he's like, yeah, he's got a streak put together, you know, that's comparable to, you know, kind of like a Deontay Wilder or Mike Tyson, you know, in, you know, in MMA regards. You know, when you knock out like 14 straight guys, like people notice that. Here's what I'm thinking, and the re- the only reason why I'll make these picks, Gene, is because it's just too hard of a fight to go out there and say, well, yeah, I'm going to take the dog at minus 200 or take the favorite at minus 200 or take the dog at plus 170 or, or do anything like that. When I find myself in like a weird predicament like this, what I do is I go for the long shot props. So the, to go to distance right now is minus 600. So they're telling you that this fight is not going to the cards. That's basically what it's telling you. So, okay, cool. So Prochaska, he's more than likely probably going to knock out Glover if he wins. But when's that going to happen? Well, the round one payout for knockout is like plus 270. Well, I don't want that. You know, I want to root for something, at least a, a half decent ticket. So maybe I'll pick him in, in round two at five to one. Or maybe even I'll pick him in round three at 10 to one. I think if, if Glover gets knocked out, it's going to be at that particular time. But I'll also go ahead and I'll play Teixeira to go ahead and win this one in the fourth round because I think as this fight gets later and later and later, somebody like Glover we know was tested and that's he's he might look to just hang in there until Prochaska gets a little tired on his feet. Maybe he's not gonna be able to be so effective on the ground or, you know, not just not have a whole lot of energy. He's out there throwing bombs. And maybe Glover gets a hold of him on the ground and submits him and that's how he wins. Um you could get Glover at like twenty one to one to win in the fourth round. So I'm hoping it gets, you know, I'm hoping it gets past a round for sure because then you don't win anything. But at least if I can get in a round two, three, and four, then I feel comfortable that at least I have a ticket or two that's alive that'll have a big payout. And I do that from time to time when I find myself kind of in a quandary where uh, I just can't pick a guy and and everything's saying that it's kind of a a toss up, you know, with with you know the, the fighters that you have here. And and Glover's good, dude. Like he knows. Uh, he can win. He can win by KO. He can win by submission. I think the other guy can too. So uh, it'll be interesting. But that's kind of what I'm going to do there, Gene. I'm just going to bet that probably fight night. Um, I think that's more than likely probably what I'm going to do because I can't pick a guy either. So uh, that'll wrap up the pod, guys. Good stuff there from Gene and I. Uh, obviously, we'll be back here for 276. That's an amazing card too. I believe that's uh, Anasani and Cannoneer. So we'll go ahead. We'll do that, and then I think uh, the next one down the line. I think we have the rematch there, Gene, with uh, with Amanda and Juliana Pena. That should be 
that should be good. I think Nunez will probably bounce back. And I'm curious what that line's going to be there, Gene. I think Amanda's going to be a half-decent favorite in that one. But we'll talk about that when the time comes. Uh, you guys know where to find me and Gene on Twitter. You guys can get me at SleepyGene underscore pregame. You can get Gene at MeanGene0022. You guys can always get us at TheBettingPredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for UFC 275. Enjoy the fights. <laughs>